Welcome to the Self Renewal Podcast. This is your host, Sam Sager. I've got a fun conversation today with Case Bradford. We talk about his journey to more intuitive exercise, how you can get jacked without a gym, nature's performance enhancing drugs, skill development, non doing and physical movement, creativity, the mind, the body, and so much more. So let's jump in. Welcome. How are you doing today? Doing great. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me on. Excited to to talk. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to this conversation. I I chat with a, a lot of people about their fitness routines and approach to exercise, and I think you have one of the more unique approaches to to fitness to movement. And I thought it'd be fun to just kick it off and hear a bit about it. So, could you just kind of share kind of what you do on a day to day, weekly basis? Absolutely. I, I get. A lot of questions about this, especially from people that see me in the park. I've had more than one person come up to me and ask, what the heck are you doing? And uh, I've never really had an answer for them. So there, there are some aspects of this that are exploratory, that are new and abstract, and then other elements that are, are much more conventional. I'd say the root level, the foundation of the way that I view fitness and, and movement is that it's always happening and in, in, in every moment everything we do is is an expression of our our body and our mind and our ability to to move and be fluid and we're you know we're a verb in, in a lot of ways we're, we're always in action so whether it's standing at a standing desk or going by bicycle everywhere walking everywhere I really strive to live a movement-based lifestyle because of the way it helps my mind, uh, primarily the body's really an afterthought for me. I think that may be one of the reasons why it's a little bit more unique because I, I take a mind first approach to my movement practice, having dealt with depression primarily a lot growing up, finding that movement practice was an excellent way to elevate my mindset and my mind state and my mood and mixing that in more and more and finding that I, more I move, the better I feel. So I think that would be a big part of what I'm working with and practicing each day. And what that looks like is, is working at a standing desk, um, riding my bicycle to the beach, to walking to the grocery store. And then when I'm down at the beach, what I'll do is a workout session. A lot of people are there just like sitting in chairs, lying down in towels, and that's perfectly fine. Maybe they drove, drove you know, hours and hours just to get there and, and chill out at the beach. But it's also a great opportunity to practice movement and enjoy the flow of your body in motion. So that's uh, what I love to do there. And it being in a natural space really complements movement practice in a way that I wasn't aware of growing up and, and wasn't something I discovered until I moved to California where you can be outside uh, every day all year. So there's a little bit of a um, little bit of a special um, opportunity here. I love the way you you talk about the integration and and it's true you don't even have a car right that's true yeah i haven't had a car for the past seven years since i moved to la um i do live with my girlfriend and she has a car so if we need it uh, it's there but i just never enjoyed being in traffic or having to park or paying for car insurance or any of that so i just want to figure out a way around that and uh, it's led me through some uh, interesting bicycle routes but uh Overall, it's it's been amazing for me. Yeah, they say the the worst part about LA is the traffic. So it, it seems like you have found a, a good workaround there. Uh, I mean, I love what, following you know the videos you share and and just seeing the the life that's in your your movement, your exercise. 
So when you're down to the beach, I mean, what what is that? What does that look like? And we can link to some of the videos. But how do you think about you know what you're going to do day to day? Do you have a mix of different things that you do usually each week? And I know it's very fluid, but I'd, I'd love to to paint a bit of a picture of how it how it looks. Yeah, a lot of it is is intuitive. I'll, I'll check in and see what my well, my kinetic system feels like expressing, um, it, it's really at this point, it, it's almost a subconscious pattern where it, similar to eating, you just have a craving, you have an appetite for a certain kind of food, whether it's eggs or maybe it's a salad or it could be a burger. It's a lot like that with my movement. I just have a, a craving to move in a certain way. I want to maybe challenge my upper body muscle system or my lower body muscle system. That's kind of the way that I tend to segment it. Um, I don't like to break it down too much further than that into like, you know, a common protocol would be something like biceps, triceps, uh, like, you know, you can get really granular with that kind of stuff. But I think that a gym environment really fosters that type of thinking where you're in a box, all these machines are around to segment and target specific muscles and and that kind of drives your your mind to perceive the body in that way as well i think um your surroundings have a big impact on perception but when you're outside it's all open it's all um, it's all one it's all holistic so if you uh, like to look at the body in that way as well and then kind of see each day what what is in store for me by looking within and um, sometimes it might be a more intense day sometimes it might be a more mellow movement day uh, more of a relaxing recharging day and um yeah, every every day is different. I try and honor honor that in my movement practice. Listening to your body—that's uh, that's something that I think is uh, surprisingly novel to a lot of people. And letting that drive—I mean, it's something I I love to love to chat about and, and encourage people to do. I think um, it's surprising to me that it's so hard for people. I know it was really hard for me to cultivate that when I when I see you doing the movement you're doing. When I hear you talking, it sounds like it's become almost effortless it's it's become something where it's harder to not do than to do is that true and and can is there um is there anything you can share about how that journey for you went where it became something that just kind of emerges on its own now that's a really interesting question and i think you're right yeah i've never i haven't really contemplated it in that way but it's definitely more hard definitely more difficult not to do it than than to do it and i'm not positive how it emerged. If I were to really think back, I'd, I'd say when I first started, so I was, I was pretty wrecked um, when I first found this place called Original Muscle Beach in, in Santa Monica, and it's a outdoor park. It was built in the, in the um, 1930s during the Great Depression. It, you've got a bunch of chin-up bars, you've got ropes to climb, you've got traveling rings. There's a green space where folks do yoga, push-ups, acro yoga. They'll do all kinds of amazing gymnastic feats. And this this place has a, has a very special energy, unlike anything that I've ever been in. And, and I'm not like I'm not someone that gets really into like energy. I don't have any crystals. I'm, I'm just saying like you can feel it when you're there. It's it's it's, it's palpable. You can taste it. And, For sure. And the people there are very welcoming. There's a lot of movement. There's a lot of creativity. And I guess I got really into that. I was like, wow, this is amazing. I'm going to come back here and probably did some like pull-ups and push-ups at the time. And they would just look and see what other people were doing. And, and they were all expressing this art of movement in, a, in their own unique, different way. And that inspired me to sort of incorporate or integrate 
my creative mind into my, my movement practice. And that, that was not something that I had really thought of up until that point, but it connected within me in my training with martial arts and my practice of yoga up to that point. Um, so those began to get mixed together as the foundation of what I was doing. So it was um, on one hand, yoga, uh, stretching and exploring the body. And then on the other hand, martial arts, which is a lot of explosive movements, um, a lot of more extension, um, kind of the opposite of yoga in a lot of ways, but, um, you know, two sides of the same coin. So I started to, start to pick that coin up and examine it and then see uh, what it was, what it would be like if I kind of mix them both together. Yeah. Were you, were you super athletic growing up? Like, did you play sports? What was your athletic background? Yeah, I was always, I'd say a kinetic being where I just kind of needed to run around and, mm-hmm. and play sports. I wasn't uh, super successful because I was uh, pretty skinny, um, which is good. I, I, th- I think it, it helped me when I, f- I found wrestling in high school because I was, um, didn't have much body fat carrying around, but it definitely hurt me with other sports like football, baseball, the more traditional American sports. It was, uh, it definitely helped to be a larger, larger person to be successful in those. And, um, so yeah, I was always love, love moving around, love sports, but never found one that really kind of spoke, spoke to me that I was like really gifted at until, um, I found wrestling, which I guess you could say is a, a martial art, um, from the West and, um, that was a great one because I, I could compete against other people my size and it was just one-on-one unlike a lot of the other American sports that are, that are team sports. And you learn a lot, I think in that, in that process. Yeah. It's, I, I ask because when I, I see your practice today, I mean, the, the athleticism in it, you know, that you're doing, you're working now on a, you know, move that's basically like a backflip and, you know, you're climbing up ropes to the, you know, the very top of these things and hanging from it with one hand. So you know, between that and the, the kicks that you're demonstrating, I mean, the level of athleticism is is really impressive to me as someone who played sports my whole life, but hasn't gone down as much of the rabbit holes around martial arts and, and those things. Are there any kind of one part of that that you feel like kind of has helped cultivate the athleticism most? Or is it really just the compound effect of all these little things adding up over many years? Another really interesting question. Uh, you're going to be great at this, this podcasting art. I can already tell. <laughs> this, this is making me think, wow, you know, I would say what separates these uh, practices like, like yoga and martial arts, um, wrestling included, from other traditional American sports, whether it's baseball, basketball, football, lacrosse, is there's no ball. It's just your body. And what that does or at least it did for me thinking back is that it really kind of embodies you into your limbs as the tools um and you're doing that a lot in other sports too but it's much more of a focus like there's no external focus like it's almost all it's much more internal than than um something like a, a team sport with a ball so finding different ways to coordinate those those limbs is yeah especially in, in, in a martial arts setting where you've got you know somebody else's body doing the same thing i think that that might have been an element that contributed to a slightly different perception on on the situation for sure i i, I think it's always interesting to think about you know, each one of us has been on a journey with physical activity from what we did when we were a kid what sports we played you know what training modalities attracted us. And, you know, for me, it's, it's been a huge evolution and it's changed over time. I I feel like one thing I've heard you share is that you, you know, you weren't always doing this, you know, 
in your early 20s, we're about the same age, early 30s. In your early 20s, it sounds like you were doing a bit more of a traditional approach, heavy strength training, you know, utilizing gyms. You know, what were you feeling before you you jumped into this world and how have you changed since then? So going going into it, yeah, absolutely. It was it was a gym-based training style as as most people do have that that actually train. I think something like a quarter of people have a gym membership, not all of them use it, but most of the fit like pretty much all the fit people that you meet or see online are definitely going to a gym. And and so it's just the only option really. And when I moved, obviously also, yeah, coming from a colder environment in New Hampshire uh, where it's sub-zero, there's a lot of snow on the ground, it's, you kind of have to go to a gym, you know. Um, you can get a good workout shoveling snow, but um, I don't know, it's, it's, it's different. It's yeah, different. Don't want to do that every day. You, <laughs> no, no. So, yeah, coming, coming out to Los Angeles, um, I was in rough shape because I had, had a job that I didn't enjoy uh, that weighed on my soul. It was pre-soul killing. I was working in finance, and then when I moved to Los Angeles, yeah, found a gym and started working out out there too. But what I found was a couple of things. One, uh, the gyms were much more crowded in Los Angeles, and the, the people that were there, I, I found, were somewhat uh, not aligned with with um, I guess my vibe. I guess you could say so. Um, I just didn't enjoy being around. It seemed like a lot of narcissism um, within the gym environment. A lot of people staring in the mirrors, doing curls, and and like yeah, all the gyms were were full. There's a lot of perfume that I was inhaling. I was just like, oh, I don't, I don't, I don't enjoy this experience very mm-hmm. much. And then I would look out the window, and the sun would be shining. It would be a beautiful day. I think, dang, I want to be out there. What, what can I do? So, so I started cycling. And in this time, um, yeah, my my mental state wasn't so great. I was eating a primarily a plant based diet because at the time, this was around 2015. There were some big documentaries like Cowspiracy that had persuaded me to believe that a plant-based diet was, was better for, for everything. And as I started to immerse myself more outside, my theory is that nature itself has, has its own intelligence. And, and the more that you spend time out in nature, in this consciousness that, that we know is the world's, that it, it finds its way into you. You start to integrate with it. Your thoughts begin to change. Your beliefs begin to change. Your mindset begins to change. And it's all a consequence of, of where you are, being hit by sunshine, breathing in the fresh air, and, and accessing the earth energy from having your bare feet on, on the earth. That, that will absolutely change you at a fundamental level. And, will, and um, yeah, there's no doubt about that. It, it really will. I, I tell people one of the most impactful things I've done over the last few years is starting to really garden. And it, I didn't do it other than just because of a curiosity to grow a little bit of food, but getting your hands in the soil, seeing the weather patterns, being aware of how the sun changes day to day throughout the seasons, it totally transforms not only kind of your perspective, but how you feel, what you're connected to. So yeah, it, I, what I'm fascinated by is how these activities we do, whether our workouts, our approach to growing food, how does that spill out across the rest of our lives? I think you know people talk about keystone habits or things that just have the, a ripple effect that seem to you know just spread you know in, in many different directions. H- how has that happened in your life? You know, as you started doing these new activities, can you share a bit about the different ways it it started to transform your day to day and and your kind of I, I would even say philosophy to to daily living? Yeah, I will say that my my life trajectory has gone up 
since then hasn't like my life has definitely improved my quality of life in, in a lot of ways. I was able to find love, progress in my career, my body transformed, and and so did my mind. So I have a much higher quality of life from this practice. I, I don't attribute it all to the practice, but it is what it is. Um, I can only know so much looking back, and who knows what's fate and what's not. But if we if we look at reality as as this open ocean of infinite possibility. How, how are you going to choose the best path for you? What, what are all the factors that go into that? One, one, thing, one thing is for damn sure is that your mind plays a big role in that, right? We're, we're relying on our brain as a, as a compass to make these decisions. We're weighing our values and all these potential future possibilities. And, and every micro decision that we make is influencing the outcome of the way all this unfolds. And, and thinking about how we uplevel our, our mind and, and get our consciousness to work well, it's a deep question. It's a really important question. And there's no doubt that being out in nature helps that it helps that happen in our favor. There's a lot of great science um, promoting that and establishing that. Yeah, it's funny. I was, I was talking about the mind-body connection the other day. And somebody, um, you know, actually Michael Ashcroft kindly jumped in on Twitter. And, you know, he pointed, he pointed towards the fact that, like, the mind and body are really actually one. Um, and I think, you know, 10 years ago, I would have struggled with that, that notion. Um, but as I've gone down this path, you know, I, I just really believe that where like the mind is, you know, it's just a part of our body and the things we do physically shape the environment in which our thoughts occur. And, you know, there, we, we could go, you know, very deep into that, but, um, you know, I, I, I really admire how you think about kind of the interaction between the things you do physically, the things you think about. I mean, one, one of the ideas you shared with me was just creativity practices, finding ways in your life to embrace creativity. And I'd love for you to share that with people. How, how do you think about that? And what are some examples that you, that you have in your own life? I love creativity. It's such a powerful, and I, I was lucky to, that my parents were both um, nourishing to this, this aspect of, of life and my brother and I, my twin brother and I, we both are probably more creative than the average person, for sure. We're both creative beings. It's a primary aspect of, of what we see as important. It's a primary value. So just, I mean, everything is creative. If you, if you get down to the root of it, we're creating this conversation. We're creating memories. We're creating our breath we're, we're creating what we look at i mean you could you could drive yourself crazy thinking about all the things that you're creating and then you can take that to the next level be more intentional about it um, you know you're creating relationships you, you know that you can um create systems for your life to work better um, you're creating meals if you want to have a larger vision in life you've got to create that vision and through that vision you're going to create your life you you have the power to to create most of, of what you experience and it's up to you to choose choose to do that um, if you believe that you can you, you absolutely can and as a practice this unfolds in my life whenever I, I kind of remember that which which is, is on one hand automatic but on the other hand yeah it's, it's so easy to fall into consumer culture I, I won't sit here and, and pretend like I'm the most you know, prolific creator the world has ever seen because that's definitely not true. But but it's it's always something that's that's on my mind. Like uh, one big way that this this manifests is we don't have a, a TV, so we got rid of that um, about a year and a half ago when I moved into a new place. And 
that's that's been a pretty big catalyst to at night at evening at, during the evening time most people will you know finish dinner and, and gather on the tv and just watch something but you don't have to do that and your life may even improve if, if you put that away and um like you could end up writing you could end up painting you could end up drawing you can end up just having a great conversation with, with the people that you live with and um i'd say that's that's a big one and you write poetry too right yeah yeah i love um doing that that started so around the i will also say that around the time that lockdown started that was a catalyst to be more creative to me i started painting writing poetry as, as just a way to kind of uh take the dark energy the negative energy and kind of just get it out that that's the interesting part about creativity is how it kind of puts me at peace hmm. um i think some people get stressed out when they have to engage in a creative activity because maybe they think that they're going to be judged in a certain way or something but um, with practice you'll find that you can get more into the flow and um, just enjoy the process of, of creating for the sake of it. Do you have any tips on how people can do that? I, uh, I, th- I think I, I know exactly what you're describing, where the, the pressure starts mounting and you, you, feel, you feel all this resistance and all of a sudden it, it doesn't feel like a very fun activity. So what, what tips can you give to people about that? Yeah, I, I get that really bad with that. Uh, if there's a project that I put too much importance on, like I, I have these books that I want to write sort of about a lot of these topics that we're discussing, um, just like larger encapsulations bigger projects and i get the hardest resistance about it like it's it's so difficult to overcome that and i i wish i knew i think it's just you just got to try just keep trying um you know believe believe that you can and, and just give it a go it's, it's that simple and the second we make it more complicated it gets more complicated you know it's just we just got to do it yeah no i i i, I agree i mean i think it it brings up this concept, which we've, we've connected on a bit. Um, and I've been exploring across a bunch of these conversations, which is this idea of non-doing, um, you know, a concept that, that I discovered in the book, the Tao Te Chang. Um, I'm curious, is that, is that something that you, um, remember discovering at a certain point? Is that an idea that's been with you for a while? Um, what's your, what's your background with that concept? I'm pretty sure that the Tao Te Chang I read some, sometime a few years ago, probably from a, maybe a Tim Ferriss recommendation or, or something like that. And yeah, that it definitely landed and, and connected in a way because we've all, we've all experienced what it's like to kind of get out of the way and, and just like let something unfold, mm-hmm. just be in the flow. And it, it seems like, and also this concept of a flow state has, has really taken, taken hold on, on culture in, in the past you know decade or so. And a lot of people are talking about that and are aware of that. And I think it, that's the Western uh, probably way of describing the of what the Eastern calls the Tao is um, just this river of action that you can kind of tap into when you get out of your own way and just kind of like whitewater raft this this uh, energy. But <laughs> I don't, it, it yeah, it's it is kind of mysterious, and I think that's mm-hmm. part of why why it's so beautiful too is is uh, you can't quite can't quite talk about it or, or really get a grip on it. It's so true, and I think that you embody you embody it in moments and it's then it's gone you know or like you you, you, <laughs> you touch it over here and then you, you you turn and do something else and you should in theory bring that same approach and it just disappears <laughs> so when i see your your approach to fitness i mean it to me it embodies this idea though you know you're you're not forcing yourself to do it you're not you're you're it's it appears like you're barely even planning it you just show up and you create space for activity movement to emerge yes yeah so there are that's definitely a a big part of it um 
sometimes I, my planning brain will want to just pick up a pen and a piece of paper and just kind of plan things out. Um, if I have a certain goal in mind, like for example, if I want to really master a handstand or a, a one-arm handstand or a pistol squat or a flag, any of these more difficult, complex calisthenics moves that I, I love working towards and, and love trying to master, then that will enthuse me to pick up a pen and a paper and do a little bit of planning. But around that uh, specific objective, I'll, I'll have a lot of just open flow. And part of it is because I, I enjoy it. So I really do believe it's important to incorporate what, what you enjoy into anything that, that you want to do because it then becomes a, an ascending spiral, a self, self-fulfilling engine that's just like, well, I, I like doing this. So I'm going to definitely going to go do it. I'm not going to force myself. <laughs> it's just, uh, you know, it's got its own wind in the sails, but yeah. Yeah. It's, it's certainly something that I tried to, to talk about and, and, and communicate, but I, I can't say it's, it's too easy to, to communicate. Like, I'm not sure if this is making sense to you or if I just sound like a lunatic. It's because I've tried, I've tried talking, talking to people about this and I don't think many people really understand uh, much, much of what I'm saying. It's, well, I, it definitely <laughs> makes sense to me because I think, you know, I have been going really deep. I mean, I'm, I, with physical activity, with fitness, the work I do with clients, it, everything that I'm doing now is trying to embody this, this idea, right? Just because I, I've seen so many people where fitness exercise is a battle, where the primary feeling is I should do that somebody else is telling me what to do and they they've lost all contact with the idea that it could just emerge from themselves or that it could be easy. Um, and yet on the other hand, you have so many people who have made fitness a powerful part of their life and they'll tell everybody else what to do, but for them, it was this exploratory journey and they went on and they discovered something that they loved. And so I think that people like you and I that are really passionate about this, we need to be doing more to help people go on their own journey and not just tell them what to do. I think that's one thing I admire about you is I, it never feels like you're telling other people what to do. You're just showing them what you're doing and saying, I'm having a blast. If you, if you want to try in this stuff, like here's some tips, here's some stuff, but you don't need to do it. It's totally only something that you should do if you want to. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool that you recognize that I, I am intentional about what I share online. I, I never want to be um, the kind of person that's pointing a finger and saying, you have to do X, Y, Z. This is my, you know, listicle for success. I always try and avoid that kind of stuff, but it's, um, yeah, it's that old saying about fishing, you know, that everybody knows mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's something where we got to kind of get to the foundation, to the root level, to, to really change something. It, it's all happening down deep down at, at that starting point. So if, if we can kind of get there and share that and share the good, and, and share the light, then that's, that's a great way to, to communicate it. I think, uh, yeah, you, you're making, you're making me think that maybe, maybe I'm doing a little bit better at, at communicating this stuff than I thought it was. No, I think so. I mean, I think it's a yeah. testament to the, the, just, you know, the, the response and, and kind of the fact that so many people are seeing what you're doing and it's, it's inspiring them. You know, I, I, I think that the way I look at it is there's, unless you're a professional athlete, or training for something specific, there's almost nothing you have to do. Like anybody who says you have to deadlift or you have to run a certain amount of miles, like you don't have to do that. And so for, for people, if they find something that's fun and is aligned to what they want, like if they really want to get stronger and you never get stronger, even if you have fun, eventually you might get frustrated. 
But if you can find things that are fun and effective and aligned to what you're trying to do, eventually it just becomes easy. Like it, it sounds crazy for people who haven't discovered that, but if you enjoy it and it's leading to the results you want, why would you not do it? Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm curious if you've seen with people, I mean, you're so engaged with people who are going on their own journey. Do you find that to be true that once it, once it becomes fun and just, do things just start to click or, or what have you seen? I would love to have an answer for this question. And, um, I'd say one of my, one of my goals and objectives in these, in these upcoming kind of future moments is going to be to offer more of a, a one-on-one coaching, um, to be able to work with people directly to, to learn if, if that's true, to learn if my methods translate, because right now I'm taking the stance more of a, a media creator, um, making videos and, and writing content and just putting it out there. And, um, uh, I would love to offer more of a, a personalized service for anyone who was was really willing to to take that journey. I, I will will say, based on what you're you're saying, I can describe this from more of a, a Western uh, point of view too. I think we've been mostly on the the east of it. Um, so, like, what makes it fun? What makes it feel good? I can start with with the open flow, free flow movement. You're mobilizing your joints, and that's releasing synovial fluid. So starting there with pretty much every movement practice you're going to start to feel better from that there's there's no way around it this this just you know do it right now as you're listening to this and you just move your joints in in different directions and they start to feel a little bit more smooth you start to feel a little bit more energy flow in your body and then from there as, as you progress to more intense movement practice next time you're ready to have a session um what you may find is that it feels good at the end of it those will be uh, neurochemicals like endorphins, or um, it could be something like serotonin. If you're able to make some progress on a movement practice, maybe you um, held the handstand for a little bit longer than you did last time, or maybe you finally actually landed the handstand after after a year of practice, because that's about how long it took me uh, having my feet up on the wall or just flopping around like a crazy person in the park finally finally being able to get that handstand feels amazing it it feels great and and that that feeling you don't get that that's not a free feeling there's no drug you can buy to get that there's no food you can eat to get that that's a it's a big jackpot of of serotonin and and you can get that in in microdoses every single time you engage in movement practice especially if your objective is, is reasonable. You know, you, you don't have to be the biggest, uh, most jacked person in the gym if you're just looking to do a few more push-ups or even just showing up. If, if it was difficult for you to show up and you made it there, celebrate that. Like, you should feel absolutely amazing about that. Instead of just beating yourself up for not going, celebrate it equally as much. Like, damn, I'm here. I made it here today. I'm going to enjoy this session. I'm going to feel good. I'm going to access all these amazing neurochemicals. I'm going to get the endorphins, the serotonin. If I see a dog, I'm going to pet it and get some oxytocin. Maybe you have some friends there. You can hug them, get some oxytocin. Now you're really rocking and rolling. You've got a community. You're, you're, you're getting high, like literally getting high. So um, that's another way of looking at it that may be helpful for, for some people. Heck yeah, man. Exercise drugs with case. Uh, <laughs> no, I, it, it, it resonates so much. I have this, this phrase I share, you know, progress is powerful. And what I mean by that is, is in, in life, so often the progress that happens isn't very tangible. It's not visible, but with fitness, like you're saying, 
even the little things, running slightly farther, doing five more pounds, doing 10 more pushups, it's all so visible. And so it kicks off this feeling of being a kid again, where like you're just discovering this capacity that you previously didn't do. You're doing something that you'd failed at. Um, and that's one of the things that I see just like ripple and spread across people's lives where they're like, oh, I was doing this physically and I feel different. And now I'm going to do something different in a relationship or with work, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to take on this new challenge and they're going to start to notice the growth that they're happening there. Um, so I think that's a, a super powerful idea. Um, what are the, what are some things that you're working on today? Uh, you mentioned skill development. I think that's, that's an underrated fitness modality is just to learn how to do cool stuff. Um, and I think that, that you really embrace that. What, what are some stuff that you're working on today? In the back of my mind, there, there are big ticket movements that I would love to be able to do mostly for the likes, you know, <laughs> in this social media world. It's like, oh, if I could only do a backflip, I'd get more likes. So it's like th things, things of that nature that uh, could get attention through any sort of video um, format is, is kind of the way that my brain is structured now, thanks to all the technology that we exposed with. But it's it, the other angle of it is that it is a great way to bring attention to like a positive message overall. So uh, like people don't really care so much about um, videos of, of just non um, impressive things, at, at least um, overall. So I'd say that's part of my focus is almost learning these you know, one arm handstand, uh, being able to do like a, a dragon squat things that could get attention uh, almost as a marketing tool to bring attention to a, uh, an uplifting message and, and to a story that could help a lot of people to um, uplift their, their body and mind. So um, I'd say recently, though, if I was to be honest, I've I'm been relaxing this summer and, and really just enjoying it. I know the past two years were um, not insanely stressful for me. I was extremely fortunate during the past two years in my personal situation, but subconsciously, um, I think that took a toll on all of us. So I've, I've really been kicking back, um, just kind of being playful. Makako is, is a big one. I've shared some videos of that because that one's extremely fun. Yeah. And it's a lot easier, much easier than it looks. I think that's um, maybe not a beginner move, but certainly um, anyone with some athleticism, is, it's a great intermediate level move to just practice the flow. Yeah, we'll link to that. And, and maybe I'll, uh, I'll have you teach me how to do that one. And we can do a, a little bit of an experiment because I look at a lot of the stuff you do and, and it's certainly outside of my traditional training zone and, and area of comfort. So I would love to explore that. Let me, let me try in a little pet theory, um, with you. So with skill development, um, you know, we talked earlier about the conscious versus unconscious and all of that. And I think certainly with physical activity, and this comes from sports, like, I think that skill development requires us to get better at mastering the transition from like conscious effort and attention where we're learning how to do something new to unconscious performance where we've practiced it and we've forced ourselves to do it. But at some point we let our bodies do it on their own, or we stop trying to kind of guide it in our mind and we just let it unfold. I'm curious if you, if, if that resonates at all with you. Wow, yeah, what an interesting way to look at it. That that is that definitely resonates. And just thinking about what that uh, sort of a metaphor, it's almost like having your hand in the in a puppet. You know, the, your mind being the hand is sort of like guiding your body in this like really hyper controlled way. And then, I guess at some point, you just let the puppet kind of be animated, and you just 
kind of click and you just let it do do its thing and yeah <laughs> just let it happen exactly well, even with like joint mobility stuff right i know you and i have nerded out about our our buddy steve maxwell and um i'll link to that as yes. well because i think for people that are interested in the joint mobility stuff you mentioned and just you know loosening that that thing he's got some great 10 to 15 minute routines that just get the whole body going but when i was starting to do that you know i'm watching them and i'm, I'm trying my mind is trying to guide myself through every one of those and after a few sessions that weren't that fun, I just stopped and I like I made the intention to do it, but I let it, I let it happen and my range of motion was was better. I had you know more more range and I also just found it to be way more fluid. So I think that's a very simple basic example. I think it's true with tennis, with baseball, with all these other sports too. Like, have you ever heard of the book um, Inner Game of Tennis? No. Okay. I I think you might like it. It's basically this idea, but applied to tennis. And he's talking about how most people that are playing tennis are like in their minds saying, hit the forehand with this and, and all of that. And, you know, they're like trying to tell their body exactly what to do with the backhand. And it just leads. That's to, so true. Yeah. What is, what does it lead? What does it lead to? Oh, it just leads to you thinking and then you're rigid and you're not doing it. You know, you don't let you, you don't let the motion actually happen. Yes. Yeah. Did you play, you played tennis? I was a baseball player. Um, baseball. Have you ever played tennis? My wife's a, a big tennis player, so when I stopped playing baseball, I started training to tennis to try to to try to compete with her. So I have a long way <laughs> long way to go. I've I've started to be able to get a game or two, but she still she still smokes me in the sets, and so uh, it's a it's a fun challenge. But it's it's a beautiful sport because it there's it's such a technical sport, but you then have to let go of thinking about the techniques. I mean, I'll give a quick example for baseball. So you know, people who play baseball can stand up throw a ball 300 feet and hit somebody's glove, you know, for that far. And at no point do they think about it. They, they subconsciously get the angle, the velocity, all of it right. And they didn't think of the mechanics of it a single time. What do you think that is? How, how would you des- describe that? Because I, this, this is also very much in line with the theme of the, the conversation too. It, what, what is that happening, would you say? Yeah, I think it's related to non-doing in that you've done it enough times that your body just knows how to do it. You you look, you see your your visual your visual system takes in exactly how far it is. You know the you know the angle, the velocity and it it just it takes care of itself. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's almost like there's there's we have this power, this ability to kind of envision a certain future or just like say that we want a certain thing and then just kind of shape reality into that future. You know, if we look at it from a strictly, if we say we like dial it down to the mind standpoint, the mind is like ball into mitt. And then your body's just like, okay, does it perfectly. It's it's almost like manifestation in that sense um, where we can just kind of create the future with our mind. And I think a lot of people have had this experience too, where they, they want something in life and then all of a sudden they have it, whether it's, you know, um, a certain career path or living situation or, or love or, you know, wherever it is that, that you want to create. And then you, but it takes like, it's not as instantaneous as like a ball and a mitt, but it's just as difficult if you really think about, if you really think about it. And then over time, it, it kind of just happens. Mm-hmm. Like the ball is in the mitt. Yeah. Well, I, I think that's a great way you're, I mean, the connection between these is, is, um, so great because I think a lot of people, myself included for a lot of my life, 
take that very like mental head down approach to life of I'm going to plan it out, you know, quarterly goals, annual stuff. And you're just, you're trying to force yourself to execute through all of it. And even if you do it, even if it works, it's not that fun. Uh, and so it's been a real, real treat for me is to try to let things unfold and see that usually things work out as well, if not better. Yeah. I'd say that's one of the more marvelous aspects of life. If you really stop and think about it, you know, if you really contemplate that, that, that you're describing, that's just like, it's mind blowing. And it's, it's, it's looked at as this almost like, as uh, like woo woo in a way where, you know, if, if the second you bring up something like manifestation or, you know, the biology, just like placebo effect, you know, mm-hmm. belief, the, the fact that there's this thing in our mind that can create, uh, that can shape the future to our will. It's like, oh, get out of here. Like, what, what is this, you know, magical dream you're living in? Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, dude, we've all experienced this. It's, it's right in front of your face. Yeah, that's so interesting you, you bring up manifestation because I think it, it points to how powerful language is in, in good and bad ways, right? Like mm-hmm. we can describe this concept in a way that doesn't offend anybody from the US and they, we, could, you, we can figure out the language that will capture what we're talking about and it won't offend anybody people won't think it's some mystical magical thing and then you use something like manifestation or uh what's the what's the even more like law of attraction you know you start to use different language which and it it brings up a whole other context so i think that's one thing that i'm really excited about with exercise and with fitness is so much of the language that people use is all about how it's a battle like people People take pride in how they force themselves to exercise four or five times a week, even though they don't want to. And, you know, there's this like, just in our culture, this sense of you did it because it was hard and difficult. And it's like, well, what if you created conditions where it was no longer hard? Dude, it kills me. It kills me what you're saying. When I hear people say things like that, it kills me. And and you should see that lately, this thing that I've been playing around with is like, if I'm, you know, somebody I know, or if if someone's sees me shirtless i've been saying like yeah i haven't been in a gym in five years like the look in their eye is always just like what like they don't believe me i'm like no i'm i'm completely serious i i haven't stepped foot a gym in, in five years and, and if the average person were to see the way that my physique expresses itself um and then also were to just like observe a workout they'd be like that's how those two don't line up and it's, it's a very casual um practice like i'm not killing myself at all it's 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 all enjoyable. Like every moment of it is enjoyable. You know, sure, occasionally the muscles burn, but like that's enjoyable too if you're doing it in the right way. If if you have the right sort of breath aligned with it and the right intention, that's it's an enjoyable feeling. It's not something that, that hurts. Like, yeah, I um, I'm infuriated by it. The same thing happens with 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 nutrition with with food. People think it's it's a sacrifice that uh, you need to you know give up all your favorite foods and it's gonna suck. Like eating healthy, it's like what are you, what are you on? Like who, told, who convinced you of this? It's just not true at all. And uh, yeah, it's my, my optimistic take on this is that we, you know, more and more of these kinds of conversations are happening and I'm really excited to see the way that it, it, it leads to a more flourishing world because we've been collectively struggling for so long under these false paradigms and, and to see that good things are happening, good things are happening all the way around. And it's just going to lead to um, a real, real, increase in the amount of beauty in the world and i'm excited for that yeah this is this is case's way of humbly saying that he's jacked uh the, the, <laughs> no it's 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 funny that you bring that up because i had that 
pretty much same thought, right? I, I watch your your videos and the first time we chatted, I asked you, I was like, dude, like you're pretty like you're pretty muscular. Like you're you you have like, you know, quite a physique for someone that most of the things you're doing is body weight exercise, right? Which is very counterintuitive. People think you need to lift really heavy weights to get that. Um, and so I was curious because I'm always interested in how people train certain things, the adaption they get and all that. Um, and so you shared a bit about like, yeah, you do some kettlebells and things, but compared to what people think you have to do in order to build a physique, um, I think it's really a testament to how you can challenge the body in different ways and what happens when you put your body through things that challenge all of the musculature in different ranges of motion, different domains. It's, it's really a testament. So has that surprised you? Like, did you think that you were going to end up as jacked as you are now when you started this practice? That has surprised me. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's been surprising. And now I'm sort of trying to wrap my head around it and communicate it. Um, my, my best guess is that my, I'm using um, performance-enhancing drugs, but it, not um, the, well, the way that you would typically think about it. Um, nature is my ally in this. Sunshine, earthing, and fresh air are abundantly more powerful than the average person thinks. Abundantly more powerful. It, it, and those, those three forces are, are a lot like taking some sort of performance enhancing drug. Um, I, and, and then if you add in ocean submersion, which I know mm. most people don't have access to, but yeah, um, any wild water will do. Yeah, add, add that in and you've got a recipe for just um, really, really enhancing your body and mind. And um, that, I think that is the secret sauce if I had to pin it down. I think we may need to call this episode Natural Drugs with Case. Uh, but, I, <laughs> but I think it, it, it is a perfect... To me, it's a perfect example of it's not any one thing you're doing. It's the collection of all of these activities are creating conditions where your body and mind are just flourishing. Like it, you know, in, in these different ways. I, I mean, from a purely like mechanical perspective, my, my guess would be a lot of what you're doing is somewhat gymnastic based in terms of the climbing, the holds, the handstands, like you are taxing your body. You know, it, it's, it's not at this point, it's not like physically exhausting for you. But I mean, you look at any gymnast and they're shredded, they're jacked. Um, so I think it, it's a testament to how much you can um, drive physical changes in your body without doing isolated movements. Like you don't need to do curls to make your biceps bigger. Like you don't need to, you know, just squat to make your legs strong. If you sprint on the beach, you're going to have, you know, a very um, strong force on your body that your body will then adapt to. So I, I think it's, it's, it's not purely magic. You're definitely challenging your body in, in, in a variety of ways. Yes. Yeah. And my, my take on this is, is a couple of things. One, I'm not, I'm not like super jacked. Like when people, if, if you were to be around me, you'd think I was just an average guy. I'd, but in, in, in a, something like a picture that you see online, um, I have a like very defined musculature and I'd say a, a lot of that comes from from two things. So the, the nature does increase testosterone and bring down blood pressure. So we're talking about like lower stress levels. So that's going to make it easier. It, so it all connects. That's going to make it easier to eat right, to not indulge um, in foods that are going to clog up my system and, and, and drain my energy. It's also going to make the movement practice itself easier to, to challenge myself. So mm. if you're in a gym grinding out sets and reps, 
um, that's also going to wear on, on your mind because you're, you're breathing air conditioned air, you're likely wearing rubber shoes, um, and you're probably not getting any sunlight. So if you're inside, all that is a stressor as well. So you're, that's compounding and negatively affecting your ability to continue to challenge your musculature. But if you're outside, you're getting sunshine, fresh air, earthing energy, that's all going to be supportive of you diving deeper into the, into the muscular challenge um, and, and do so in a way that's more pleasurable. Yeah, that totally resonates. I, I started in the last couple of years working out of a, a garage gym. And so at a minimum, I always have the, the door open and the, the fresh air flooding in. But you know, more and more, I'm pulling out the, the weights into the, into the driveway and I bring out the mat and I, I do it out there. And you know, one thing I've started doing from, from our conversations is just getting 15 minutes every morning, feet on the grass, doing mobility work out there instead of you know, in, my, in my house. And it's just a small tweak. Um, some days during the heat of, of July in North Carolina, it's pretty terrible. But if I reframe it as, you know, it, it's, I'm getting a free steam room, you know, it started, like, it, it, you start to, I think, connect all those pieces where it's like, people go to the gym to sit in the sauna. So it's like, if it's just baking hot out, it's like, okay, great. I'll move around and I'll be a little bit like a sauna. Uh, so I, I think there's so much to what you're saying about, you know, how do you make it enjoyable? How do you get outdoors? Because you know, I think finally, one thing I'm excited about is finally, thanks to to Huberman, everybody is realizing that getting some morning sunlight is is uh, the only threat I'm not tired of seeing is people saying first thing in the morning, go get your morning sunlight because I just think it's like <laughs> such a life hack for people. Uh, so I mean, granted, you know, there's probably ten of those a day now, but it's such a powerful habit. So has that been fun for you to see that like more people are embracing that? Yes. Yeah. Just. Having all these these nature based solutions, uh, more of that. We need more of that. A lot more of that. There's so much potential there. When I look at the the health struggles that that we're facing, it's so great to see that these like very easy and accessible and powerful solutions are are resonating. Um, it was not the case growing up. Like nobody knew about that stuff. So yeah, it's definitely really cool to watch that to watch that happen. Yeah, I have to bring it back because I, I had no idea you were uh, a twin. What was um what was that like growing up as a, a twin? So Patrick is my, my twin brother. We're fraternal, so we don't look like at all, don't even um act alike really. So it's it's kind of more like growing up with a brother um who was the same age as you. Um it was it was you know, we, we argued a lot. We're we're more in conflict, I think, than than we were in harmony um, for whatever reason. Um, so it was tough growing up until we both went to college, kind of didn't talk for like 40 years and then, and then reconnected after that and became, became great friends after we realized how much we ended up having in, in common, especially, um, creatively. So we both, um, have a strong creative energy and, and like to jam on that kind of stuff. So that's been cool. Um, but growing up, it was tough. Uh, gr- growing up, like it seemed like everything was tough. I, I wasn't a fan of, of you know, uh, being a, being a child in a lot of ways, but, yeah. um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that actually reminds me, you, you mentioned the other day, um, that, you know, social connection, engagement, small talk is not something that you naturally gravitated towards. Um, and that you, you shared that you kind of, it's been a journey for you. I, I'd, I'd 
you know, I, when I met you, I, that, that would be a surprise to me that, that, that didn't, that was the case, but I'd love to hear like, what was that like for you growing up and how has that played a role in your life? Yeah. Growing, growing up, I was always very quiet. Um, people would always kind of comment on it, ask if I was shy, you know, that kind of stuff. I just never had much to say. Um, and always felt kind of awkward speaking. Um, don't, don't know why I've always been super introverted. So I just naturally kind of in my head, uh, just thinking and imagining things and, um, always had a, a lot of difficulty communicating. Um, maybe it was low confidence, depression, probably just the result of, uh, you know, the food system and the way that we're all raised in uh, the school system. It's just kind of soul killing, uh, at, at every level. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't until I got much older that I became more comfortable in my own skin. I think psychedelic drugs had a big um, impact on me and, and really helped me to get comfy with um, being human. And um, that just naturally sort of unfolded into me just being more more at, at one with myself and, and the other people. And, and also just jobs where I had to talk on the phone to people for like hours and hours and worked in customer service and sales and, and um, just being basically forced to have conversations with people for hours all day, every day was, was a, a, also a big one that helped. So your, your younger self would find it quite surprising that you're, you're doing podcasts now that you're, uh, you know, sharing so much. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. He'd be, uh, probably have no idea what a, a, a podcast is, but just to see, I mean, all of it pretty much, I don't know if you feel the same way, but I've uh, changed a lot since I was since I was younger, but like it's interesting how you know there's definitely still a strong sort of core element mm-hmm. that has re- remained the same. <laughs> like there's still this thing driving me that I can't quite figure out. Like uh, one of my earliest visions for myself was I knew that I was I was destined to create something new. I was destined to be an inventor, and uh, I've had some failed things that I've made that I just um, never really been able to figure out what that thing is and it's been kind of uh, just driving me crazy my whole life but slowly i feel like i might be onto something i don't know we'll see we'll see nice <laughs> stay at it well we, we won't we won't put any pressure on you to share share what your invention is yet but i'm excited to i'm excited to see what what emerges i'm fascinated by people's personal transformation over time how we all evolve um i think you know you mentioned how, like how much you've changed since you were younger are there any places in your life where you feel yourself actively adapting and evolving in real time. Um, yeah. This, so the, the social situation is still, is still something that I'm like always kind of working on. Um, I'm a little bit better at conversation, but it, it's always um, something that I, maybe it's just as, um, you know, at a root level, I, I tend to be more um, comfortable in solitude, but just making friends, maintaining friendships and, and creating collaborating with communities is definitely something that I'm always kind of um, focused on improving. I, I think it might be fun. We're, we're kind of coming up on time now, but just to, to wrap with some, some quick um, fun, fun topics. So as we speak, you're, you're basically going viral on YouTube. <laughs> yeah. In real time. Yeah. That's, that's, been, <laughs> that's been pretty cool. What, what's going on yeah. there? Tell us about that. Oh man, that's that's uh, haven't gone viral like that for a long time, and it's um, it was a video I, I made of a moment earlier in the summer when uh, a man from Korea struck up a conversation with me 
at Muscle Beach, the place we spoke about earlier, and he just kind of got a got a sense. Martial artists can sense other martial artists. There's there's a way that you walk, a way that you carry yourself, a way that your body looks. And he just got to talking about jujitsu, and I was like, yeah, I used to do that. Um, and he was like, well, let's 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 roll, let's roll jujitsu for you know, um, let, let's do it. And I was like, all right, sure, let's uh, yeah. Obviously, at that point, a little bit concerned because it is so it's a. Uh, it's a grappling art. It's it's the jujitsu is a martial art. It's a grappling martial art. You can really get hurt from from it. Um, if if you're rolling with somebody who has bad intentions, they can um, really damage your joints, um, or even choke you unconscious. So I was I was a little bit nervous, but I got a sense that the guy was genuine, uh, good guy, cool guy, and he wanted me to just start lying down and said if if he's gonna try and uh, choke me out or submit me within two minutes and. And the video is, is just of that of that role, and um, is just somehow accumulated over four hundred thousand views, and I've read thousands of comments debating like, oh, is this guy a brown belt or a blue belt? And like, <laughs> <laughs> so the, the best comments on this, which is really the intention of the video, is to just show the beauty of jujitsu to bring people together to mm. say, hey, I don't, you know, me and this man from Korea may have little to nothing in common, but we can roll for two minutes and become fast friends afterwards. And he said it was, you know, the most fun he had in LA and we were both cracking up and, and uh, it was just a great time. So th- I think that is what resonated um, in the video, but it's been pretty funny to watch, to watch the, the views skyrocket on that. Yeah, it's crazy. I remember when you first shared it, and, you know, it, it you never know what what thing is going to catch wildfire and, and all of that. It does seem like you have a knack where you attract people wanting to come up to you and and um, <laughs> challenge you to something or I, I don't know what it is about your your energy that that brings those people forward, but it seems like they're always they're hunting you out. Yeah, that wasn't the first. It happened like a few months before that a, a guy came up to me and, and wanted to like me to try and knock him out for a YouTube video and that, um, yes, it's, there's also just this place, um, Los Angeles is a very weird place. Now I'm not native here, so I can look at it from an outside view. There's nowhere like it in the world. It's a bit of a circus. So there's just like all kinds of weird stuff and and crazy people all around everywhere. So, I mean, a lot of the interactions I've had just weren't caught on camera too. So these, these ones happen to be, but yeah, it's a wild place. Um, definitely a lot of creative, crazy people here. Yeah. Well, it seems like it's a, a fun place for you to be, be doing your thing. Uh, last question, last topic for you. I think we, we have come up with some crazy fitness concepts riffing on Twitter. We have our grocery fitness. <laughs> uh, can you, can you share with, with everybody what, uh, what grocery fitness is? Gr- grocery fitness. Well, if, if you if you want to get your groceries, you're, you're going to have to put in a little workout for it. Just a, just a way to incorporate more movement into your shopping experience. So we've got all the all the foods are up uh, high on the shelf. You have to sort of climb a rope to get to that. Um, the 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 more obesogenic foods, you know, the higher carbohydrate, higher sugar foods, those are going to be in, in a. In a in a zone where you'll have to do some, some kettlebell swings to get in there. So some extra effort and uh, you've only got a certain amount of time to shop. So you better run around everywhere. Sprint, <laughs> sprint around. Yeah. And if, if you, if you, uh, farmers carry your own kettlebell there, you'll get a, a 10% discount. So it's, uh, we're going to mix together a gym and a grocery store and uh, go out of business pretty quickly, <laughs> but it'll be fun. Well, <laughs> grocery fitness coming to a, a corner near you. 
Uh, and, and we've talked about airport fitness where you're, you're sprinting through. I mean, I was at the airport the other day and everybody's taking the walk where they're just sitting there with their bags and there's stairs, which, you know, I, I was like, ah, it's the morning. I'm going to not get a workout in. So I'm taking the stairs, but nobody else took the stairs. Everyone's just riding up the escalator. And so I think, I think the point is just, there's, there's all these fun ways you can bring movement into, into your life. Any other crazy, crazy fitness ideas you're, you're noodling around with or, uh, I no, you know, th- those are those are the big ones. I guess I guess uh, if we want to incorporate fitness into the gas station, we could we could really have some sort of a heavy uh, manual pump that that you'd have to really really yank on and pull to to get the gas out. I think that could be a good one. Price of gas has gone up. You can get a, a discount. <laughs> yeah. It's a gym, man. Uh, yeah, I guess the DMV is is ripe for some sort of fitness solution. Well, you have three hours every sit. time you're there, so you know, throw, throw a. <laughs> exactly no, this, yeah th- those are some good ones yeah this has been awesome well i will um i will plan to to link to some because i think everything we're talking about you know we can talk about it all day but just watch some of cases stuff i think if if you see the videos you see you see the way he's approaching it i think it'll it'll really bring to life everything we're talking about so is there anything that you'd like to point people towards any um specific videos resources stuff that you want to share with them um, I got, I got, uh, yeah, stuff on uh, pretty much every social media platform. If you search case Bradford, just my name, you'll probably be able to find it. And, um, if you haven't already leave a five-star review for this podcast, because Sam is, is doing great work, put, uh, putting his energy and effort into trying to make this world a better place. And we need more, we need more, uh, content like that. So, um, thanks for listening. Thanks for taking the time and, um, hope you have a great rest of your day, wherever you are, man. I don't even need to do an outro anymore. Case already, already <laughs> nailed it. Well, thanks so much for coming on. I mean, I could, I could talk about this, this stuff all day as I, as I, I warned you, it's going to be more of a riff session than a, a formal interview, because I think, um, you and I just have such shared interests and passions and I'm really inspired by what you put forth into the world and, and just the way it, it resp- like it, the way people respond to it. Cause I think it, it's, it's a testament to, your approach that it, it seems to you know bring together so many different people and everybody just seems to be inspired by it. So thank you for doing that. Absolutely. I, I enjoy it. And, um, to, I guess to tie tie a bow on, on, on that, just, um, whatever you're doing, put, put your soul into it, make it your own and, and, and enjoy it. And, um, yeah, thank you. Thank you for your kind words. It means a lot to me, uh, to be just some weirdo out here sharing, sharing, uh, sharing my weird moves and, uh, I'm glad it resonates. So thank you. Absolutely. We'll leave you with that. 